Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. Want to open some cards with me, Adam? Yeah, I can do that. The game is a five-card stud. The game is exceedingly simple. Or this is just the card there. Time to pluck a pendulum. At some point, we're going to... Because we, we originally were doing it where only I was opening cards. Then we moved to opening them at the same time. But at a certain point, I'm going to run out, and then you're going to be the only one with cards left. There are a few benefits to our listeners from this segment, but uh, <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners, I should say that these cards are portfolio print trading cards, Star Trek The Next Generation Series 1. I don't get why this is a popular segment. We we hear a lot of feedback about how much people like the, the trading card segment. I was ready to dump it like after the second time we did it. I didn't think it made good pod at all, but people love it. I don't know why. All right. My first card is called Genesis. It's a pretty messed up picture of Worf screaming and like a weird animal arm. I think this is that episode where they all like start devolving. Oh, they devolve. I remember really liking that episode. Yeah. And Troy it's turns a, into a fish. Isn't that her deal? She yeah, turns into fish Troy. Like, yeah. Somebody turns, turns into a spider, into, right? Is that Worf? Maybe Worf turns in. No, Worf turns in. Worf is like a is like a savage beast, and they're like running yeah. around the ship trying to get away from him. Yeah, he's real scary. I have the naked now. Whoa! Featuring uh, our friend of the show and show mascot, Mister Drunk Shimoda. Was he on the card? No, I think. I, yeah, I he's I not had. on the card, which is I think a huge missed opportunity. It's instead. Yeah. Uh, Troy, not, it's instead uh, Data and Tasha Yar in profile. Right. Maybe, have you opened that card before? Or I maybe I have. I think I you must remember. have, because I haven't seen it. And it's not in my in numerical order stack. Mm-hmm. I have uh, the Descent Part 2, or I guess it's just Descent Part 2. It's two different images of Data, one of which has him smiling. Hmm. Um. The rest of my cards are repeats. I got a. I got Remember Me. Remember Me is a great episode in my recollection. That uh, Beverly's collapsing world, where she's oh, the yeah, she's yeah. the only survivor uh, yeah. in the universe, basically. Right. Yeah. The ship keeps getting simpler. Yeah, that was a real mindfuck of an episode. I like that. I got yeah. Elementary Dear Data. I got Hollow Pursuits, and I got Gambit Part 2. Those are all repeats for me. Mm-hmm. I have one for Conspiracy, which is fun. I think you have that one, right? Yeah. I have One, one, of, for one ep- of my favorite episodes. I have one for an episode called Parallels, and it's, um, it's Riker, and then there's like a thousand Enterprises swimming toward his head, like sperm to the egg. Was that the episode where uh, where you get to see alternate universe, like yeah. Riker with the giant beard and he's right. he's all Borg weary? Mm-hmm. That was a great episode. Yeah, fun times. Uh, and my last one is for an episode called Power Play, and it's a creepy hand going toward Picard's neck. 
don't, uh, I don't remember this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even though all my cards are repeats, I'm a pretty big fan of these cards. These are artistic depictions of every episode, uh, drawn by Juan Ortiz. Yeah. Well, he really blew it big time with The Naked Now, but otherwise these are great. Yeah, I don't know how you watch The Naked Now and not draw a great picture of Shimoda. Maybe yeah. Shimoda and some isolinear chips. Maybe yeah. maybe Shimoda as an isolinear chip. What? I know, right? Like, you can go to so many places. <laughs> yeah. If you're a new listener to the show, we have a segment at the end of every episode called Drunk Shimoda, and it's based on a character in the second episode of the series. So it had such a profound that. influence on us that we yeah. talk about him for every episode. <laughs> Go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, one one cool thing when I look at our our stats on our show is that people definitely when they find out about our show go back and like listen to the whole series. Yeah, which I think is uh, is really cool. You know. Yeah, I'm glad they stick with us after our. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't believe our our earliest episodes are bad episodes at all. But it's definitely an example of us sort of finding our way and finding a format. And I think a lot yeah. of a lot of shows do that. It's not just ours, but yeah, I think uh, ours ours maybe because it's about a you know it's sort of evergreen in that people will always want to go back and rewatch Star Trek: The Next Generation. We have those old episodes needing to be uh, re-listened to. Uh, well, if, you, if you go back and listen to something and feel like we're real sh- pieces of shit for saying something, maybe lay off indicting us uh, as we got our feet under us, like learning how to make a good show. <laughs> this ad placement is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, give us a fucking break. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at least until we get to circle back around and start over from the beginning again. Right. Which is definitely our plan after we finish uh, The Next Generation. <laughs> We're going to do The Greatest Generation Series 2. Yeah. The do-over. <laughs> Let's talk about this episode, The Defector. Yeah. Season 3, episode 10, Ben. Cold open of this episode is a Shakespeare scene. I think it's Henry V, and Data is playing the eponymous role. If Riker were playing that role, it would definitely be called Henry the V. <laughs> uh, good one. I'm going to, yeah, I'll just find my way out. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Patrick Stewart is playing one of the characters in this, and the guy, this is this really like confused the hell out of me because the guy that's playing the other part is he looks so much like Jonathan Frakes shaved, but he isn't Jonathan Frakes. A shaven like, Frakes. Yeah, he looks like a real shavy Frakes, <laughs> and. Uh, I guess he's like a he's he's like a an English actor, but yeah. I was like, oh, Data, Riker, and Picard are doing a Shakespeare scene, and then it cuts to Picard standing there in his uniform watching the the action, and it turns out he's he's like directing Data. He's he's teaching Data about the dramatic arts. Yeah, it's so it's so plainly obvious that that uh, Patrick Stewart is one of the 
extra characters that I'm that I'm sure that helped inform yeah your suspicion that the other guy was Frakes, but yeah, yeah it was like, not. Can't believe Frakes shaved off the beard just for this scene. <laughs> Real commitment to the idea. Yeah, but um, they have to cut their their dramatical work short because they're getting a distress signal from the neutral zone or like they're picking up a ship Mm -hmm. that's flying toward federation space from the neutral zone which you know typically that means some some romulan shit is up so they head up to the bridge and um and they're 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 picking up a i guess it's called a scout vessel that is uh kind of beat up and and flying toward federation space as fast as it can and the guy is sending out uh, an audio distress signal like please rescue me the this warbird is about to light light my ass up and uh and they get to they get to the the border and it's just as this ship is is being is being pursued by a decloaked warbird and and this Picard scene is has, fucking badass. Yeah, it's some serious shit. And so one thing that I like wanted to talk about a little bit is that Picard is always incensed with the Romulans when they deign to enter the neutral zone. Yeah. I feel like they go into the neutral zone kind of often. Sure. <laughs> like the, the Enterprise like tiptoes over the line fairly frequently, but he's always morally outraged with the Romulans do it. Sure. But anyways, this... They extend the shields around this this shuttlecraft or this uh, this scout ship and protect its its uh, defector inside. It's like it's like a guy trying to Captain Ramius it, where he's he's trying to leave with, leave Romulan space with a ship and uh, and the warbird fucks off and they beam this guy aboard and he is a what is he a sub lieutenant. He introduces himself as Satal, Sub-Lieutenant Satal. Yeah, and uh, his story is that he's like, he's a he's a lowly nuclear engineer from Sector 7B. Like, yeah. like he's just sort of an anonymous dude. And the story he drops is, is, is kind of amazing. Like, he defects in order to prevent a war. Right. Um, and there has, is, and there is right like he they beam him on board and he's super fucked up like he's got burns all over his head, yeah. Uh, and he wants to talk to the captain right away. I must see your captain immediately. We'll get you to sick bay after that. This cannot wait. I have information vital to your survival. He goes and sits in this at at the conference table. He's like bleeding from the face, and tells them about this this evil Romulan plan that where they're the Romulans are building a like an advanced uh, attack base on a planet called Nelvana three, which is in the neutral zone. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of sets up this, this sort of Cuban missile crisis in space where the Federation has this highly dangerous situation brewing just off its shores. And Picard has all this shit landing on his shoulders trying to manage the situation and, and figure out if it's true. You know, they don't necessarily come from a place of trust when it comes to defecting Romulans, but this guy seems to be real worked up about this, so th- they want to hear him out. They want to debrief him at the very least. And Satel is doing, like, 
capital A acting. I like yeah. this character is rad throughout the entire episode. Yeah. He is just chewing the the wallpaper here. Mm-hmm. Chew that pape. Which I think is sort of a big deal because he has a lot of prolonged scenes with Patrick Stewart, who is the resident scene chewer of the right. show. Right. And and not only that, this is a episode that Patrick Stewart got to do some Shakespearing in. So, sure. So he's like He's coming with his A-game. He knows that his Royal Shakespeare Company friends are going to be watching this episode. And uh, and they came. They, they have a heavy hitter coming yeah. up on his heels. I don't know if it's Satal's uniform or just something I noticed about Romulan uniforms uh, this time around. But man, mm-hmm. you get a lot of detail shot of Satal wearing this thing. And yeah. It looks like a quilted toaster cover you'd find in a nursing home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever seen one of those? You go to an old person's house and like they've got the quilted cover on top of the toaster or like the, the bread box or something. Yeah, or like a tea cozy that they made by hand. Yeah, it, it's just, it's real ill-fitting and boxy. Yeah, well the Romulans are all about like big ass shoulder pads and then these huge baggy sleeves like uh like wizard sleeves almost but they're but they don't taper toward the toward the armpit yeah they're just like big tubes yeah kind of there's something sort of karate uniformish about it i could see that like some like the way it hangs a little bit is a is it draws on that uh yeah they have and then they have the like real chopped off bangs and uh this guy is uh a lot of information that I divulge, but he, as they're like discussing this, a car bomb goes off in his shuttlecraft, which is, you know, floating right outside the window. Is a Romulan and, car bomb a uh, a shot of Romulan ale dropped into a Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Guinan serves those up on the reg. Yeah. I set the order to struck sequencer before I left the ship. Why? Wouldn't you? This kind of fucks with his credibility in a big way because they're like well dude if you're defecting to stop a war we need to go through your ship and like look at the information in its computer and stuff and instead you're you've you've annihilated any chance that you had any hard evidence to show us and so we just have to take your word for it that the Romulans are up to some shit yeah, it's pretty fucked, and this starts like a series of questionable actions that Satal has throughout yeah. that makes it really hard for for him to be seen as a credible source of information about this. Like on its face, the idea of of the Romulans spooling up on this planet and right. getting ready for an invasion. I mean, any mention of that is worth investigating, but yeah. everything about Satal is sort of uh, kneecapping the strength of of his information. Like, on the one hand, got to chase it down, got to play mm-hmm. Columbo. On the other hand, like, Satal's kind of an idiot. Worf is onto him from jump. Like, Worf yeah. doesn't trust him even a little bit. I think Picard is like, and Riker are going to hear him out. They're, they won't, they're willing to be persuaded. And... Uh, Picard also is getting communiques from Starfleet Command, and we, you know, they're they're 
on a super long time delay because they're so far out there. You know, the the neutral zone is nowhere near Command HQ, and uh, Admiral Low Rent Reginald Vell Johnson keeps sending <laughs> sending them <laughs> messages to <laughs> to uh, to tell him like what what Starfleet thinks that Picard should do about this situation. I called him Admiral Timbaland. <laughs> Because to me, he really had those Timbaland eyes. I guess so. I just. Do you I think just... it's really hard for Captain Picard specifically, but generally the rest of the Enterprise crew, to trust mm-hmm. any Starfleet admiral about after conspiracy? Like, if I were yeah. on FaceTime with a Starfleet admiral, I'd want them to hold the phone up to their neck, right? Let me see if you got a weird bug in you or not. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they were just there and they murdered, like, Four people at Starfleet Command. I, they've got to. I think they've got to be a little more careful about about giving orders if you're Starfleet. Yeah. Knowing who they're talking to. Well, there's a lot of metadata in the uh, in these phone calls. There's a lot of like the time sent. Yeah. Like baked into the bottom of the screen. So yeah, maybe maybe they've got some new protocols to establish bona fides. That, <laughs> Neck uh, bona fides. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, that that Reginald Fell Johnson line was cutting, Ben. Real, real cutting. <laughs> well, he's like a heavy set guy, black guy with a mustache. Like, <laughs> you think Reginald Fell Johnson wasn't going to pick up the phone on the first ring when when <laughs> casting called? They could have gotten him if they wanted him. Yeah, but he's too like he's too cuddly to be an admiral. I think also he's the fact too that, trustworthy. That he's... The the late motif of the show right now is like. Uh, sort of a, a wary ambivalence of of the command structure in Starfleet. Yeah, be real fun if it was him though. I yeah. mean, just like just to get him out of that police uniform and into a different uniform would be a fun twist. Yeah, get him out of the Family Matters uniform and yeah, into a Starfleet and or uniform. Yeah, and/or the Die Hard uniform. Yeah, so many uniforms. He <laughs> was a cop on Family Matters, wasn't he? Yeah. Was it canonical Die Hard? Is that what Family I Matters wish. was? No, because they're in Chicago and Die Hard's in L.A. You don't you don't think after the the events of Die Hard he wouldn't want to go settle down somewhere else, <laughs> start a family? Yeah, maybe could see that. I don't. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, <laughs> we'll save that for our Family Matters podcast. <laughs> uh, that's after after we do. Star Trek: The Next Generation. The second time we switch right. over to Family Matters, we'll take a we'll take a break before doing it a third time, mm-hmm. and we'll do we'll do all fourteen seasons of Family Matters. <laughs> we'll call it St- Steve Stefan. <laughs> uh, I guess that makes me Steve. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> you're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Picard is is pretty stressed out. This is a this is a war waiting to happen, and he he calls Data in at one point and goes, "Data, it's very possible that we are about to go to war. The repercussions of what we do during the next twenty four hours may be felt for years to come. I want you to keep a record of these events so that history will." have the benefit of a dispassionate view. I will begin immediately, sir. I thought this was an interesting scene because it doesn't lead anywhere and it 
sort of doesn't even, I mean, it sort of makes you question, like, isn't data recording everything all the time anyways? But I I thought it was such an interesting idea that, that Picard wanted to kind of make sure that a document of what was happening was preserved for history's sake. Yeah, this was interesting on a number of levels. Like, this is this is writing for the sake of an audience. Like, this is this is uh, an almost turn to camera and going like, "Hey, you guys, this is this is more serious than it's ever been." Yeah. Also, like, wouldn't data be just as destroyed if the Enterprise gets destroyed as anything <laughs> else? Like, the idea of him rolling tape on this specifically is like, okay, well, good, but also like he's just as fucked as the Enterprise computer is. Um, and finally, I don't think Picard like, sweats the details. Maybe maybe Data has like a black box inside of him or something. I could see that. Something that's harder and stronger than any other part of his body. Yeah. I think Tasha Yar's seen that part. Yeah, she got in there. This is the part when Picard really realizes himself as the JFK figure, though, in, yeah. this, uh, in this Cuban Missile Crisis. Data, <laughs> <laughs> you must record these moments so that others may learn. Oh, my JFK is awful. <laughs> Edit that out, man, please. Can't do it. Can't do it, Adam. <laughs> we must record these moments. We must record these moments and so that school children for the rest of history can understand why we went to war. <laughs> <laughs> we will go to the neutral zone. Not because it is easy, but because it is hard. God, my JFK is brutal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Publicly apologize to all of our viewers right now. We, why are you apologizing? We never apologize for any of our other terrible impressions. Yeah, fuck that. Leave my impression <laughs> in, edit out the apology. Done. Yeah. I guess that makes Tomalak Khrushchev, right? Because it isn't long before Tomalak's <laughs> on the scene. Yeah, Tomalak shows up and he's like, Picard, we do not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets on the red phone. Uh, the other, the other funny scene in here is like Data basically leaves his meeting with Picard and goes down to talk to Jordy about about the situation. And Jordy has to kind of explain the concept of listening to your gut in times like this, where you don't have all the facts, so you have to like use personal heuristics to know what to do in the situation. Yeah, Jordy is giving great plain spoken real life plain spoken real life examples of like how you how you combine truth and your gut in order to uh to elicit an outcome that you can live with and and make decisions and Jordy at the end is like i do this all the time except with women <laughs> well he cannot trust his gut when it comes to women no Let's put it that way no uh so so data starts spending a lot of time with Satal at this point and they're hanging around in 10 forward and Satal is like really bumming out about the fact that he's never going to be able to go back to Romulus and he's he's really talking some shit about how great Romulus is like it's like the best planet he's ever visited and he's visited <laughs> over a hundred you wouldn't believe the fire fountains on Romulus <laughs> they really make these these fountains in the Federation look like garbage believe me some of the planets that I've been to are trash the fat <laughs> the disgusting the fucking disgusting <laughs> Romulus is the classiest planet everybody loves Romulus believe me it's one of the nicest planets in the entire quadrant <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, and he's and he's talking shit about the drink. Like, you think Guinan's gonna put up with that shit? It's been a long time since we've seen, seen Guinan, but yeah, you talk shit about a drink. Gotta believe she's coming up over the bar. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess she's back in the bean flicking room, uh, sitting <laughs> this one out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my drink sucks. This view sucks. This is bullshit. I can't see my family. Like, he's got a lot of complaints right now. And Data's, like, trying to, to this extent that he can, empathize with with him. And so he's like, hey, why don't we go get a load of the Holodex version of Romulus? And so they go program something up, and uh, they step out on to the Romulan equivalent of Anybody Canyon. And Satal is, like, is like shaken to his core because it looks just like some place that he's been a bunch of times. And he goes, I no longer live here. Turn it off. And the simulation vanishes, and they're standing in the black and yellow grid. And he says, This is my home now, my future. I have sacrificed everything. It must not be in vain. Arrange a meeting between myself and Captain Picard. Tell him Admiral Zerok wants to see him. It's a real like dun dun dun. You mean this guy isn't who he said he was the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's weird that they basically do a cut from the interrogation room with Riker Troy. And, uh, well, he wasn't Jerak back then. He was Satal yeah. back then. And they, they cut to him just by himself in 10 forward. Like, he was a prisoner for a while, being interrogated. And then yeah. he was just having drinks in 10 forward. What's up with that? I don't know. I mean, he wasn't like... I mean, he wasn't like a, a prisoner prisoner. He wasn't in the brig. Like, yeah. there's a shot of him in, in... You know, they put, put him up in a stateroom and he takes the uh, cyanide capsule out of his boot and takes a look at it. And uh this is two episodes in a row where Riker showed someone where they could get the food the food out of out of the replicator. <laughs> like this is a Riker showing people how to get food is a late motif of this show. Yeah. I don't think they did much with the replicators in season 1 and 2. So maybe they're like really excited about the fact that they have them in season 3. Yeah. <laughs> the big reveal is that this guy was the admiral that he claimed to work under and he has been monitoring all this communication about this buildup of troops on Nelvana three. And he's, he's kind of a peacenik. Like he, he rose to the rank of Admiral, but then was like, Hey, like let's try not to go to war with the Federation because that would be really bad. And so he was kind of like the, he was kind of given a, given the, uh, the Romulan equivalent of being stationed in Alaska where they kind of, they kind of got him out of the way. Like he, he got to a certain rank, but he was not powerful enough to stay in play politically speaking. Yeah. I mean, and one of the, one of the things that, uh, what is his name now? He's not to tell anymore. He's Jarrock. One of the things that Jarek says is like, yeah, I mean, my feelings about war changed when I when I had a daughter and looked into her eyes and suddenly now I don't want to kill anyone anymore. Like, that's that's the case he's making. He's like, Picard, you wouldn't know about this. 
you're a you're a lifetime bachelor. You're married to this ship, but me, I got a family, and I don't want to see her die in some stupid war between our people. Yeah, and so they they're like, okay, like you definitely are powerful enough to know what the fuck you're talking about with this with this planet. So let's go check it out, and they warp over to this planet, which is like in the neutral zone, and they're they get there and ain't nothing there. It's it's a it's a uninhabited planet, and they're they're picking up some signal, but it's in orbit over the planet, so that it's not it's not something that's on the surface, and there's definitely not a cloaked base because it would be visually distorted. And uh, they're like, "Well, fuck this," and they <laughs> turn heel to try and get out of there. And what didn't you know it? But a couple of Romulan warbirds decloak, and there is Tomalak with his cavalry and he has set a a perfect trap for picard yeah pretty brutal because as soon as they discovered that there's nothing on the planet picard's like oh shit like we better (laughs) we better get the fuck out of here and we get a great exterior shot of the enterprise backing out of the driveway and attempting Mm -hmm. to head down the street Right. Uh, when uh, when two Romulan cop cars do those like the e-brake slide in front of them, <laughs> totally to sort of stop their progress. There's a lot of cool shots of ships in this episode. There's a, a pretty early in the episode. There's a shot of the of the shuttle like outside the Enterprise that's kind of over top of the shuttle, looking down on it and the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, really sweet. Yeah, this remastered footage is great. And so Tomalek has Picard dead to rights, and it's the it sort of feels like Tomalek may have engineered this entire situation just to get Picard back for what went down at Galorndon Core, where Picard sort of caught Tomalek red-handed up to some shit in Federation territory. Right. Um, now they're both red-handed. Right. <laughs> and uh, and what comes out is that Jerok was essentially being tested for his loyalty. They were feeding him disinformation about this base at Nelvana 3. They ginned up all of these military records and orders and things that were going across the transom that he was monitoring and made him believe that the Romulans were preparing for a war with the Federation. And the Romulans were doing that to see what Jarok would do if he if he believed that and they in fact discovered that he was willing to betray the empire to prevent war. So I thought this was the one moment where, where Jerak's character, like he is bigger than life in the entire episode and mm-hmm. he totally shrinks at the truth of this moment. Like I expected, yeah. I expected something a little more explosive out of him when he realizes that it's all been a lie and he has been a pawn on some weird game, but he just sort of shrinks. Yeah, and I, but it's it's great. Like it really sells what his what his journey is. You know, he realizes that he. I mean, he made a sacrifice to to prevent war, and he realizes that that sacrifice was just a part of a crazy trap that was laid for him to make war, and, to make war, and and also. You know, and and the consequence is that he's never going to see his family again. He's going to be exiled forever. You know, he's and he might die here. Yeah, like that. Like that's that's the situation that's come to a head too. Tom Locke's like, check it out. Uh, You're going to surrender, 
we're gonna take apart your ship and yeah. and we're gonna and, like display it in the middle of Romulus as a as a trophy about how yeah. badass we are. It's a great shit talk. Yeah, it's like that U.S. Navy ship that they have docked in uh, Pyongyang. Right, you, you can take a tour of. It, like, <laughs> like they're like we're going to turn your ship into a trophy, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're totally outgunned right now. And it's a great big dogging. Yeah, yeah. Picard is is getting big dogged real bad by Tom Locke, and uh, you think you you think that it's it's going to go one way, but then. Picard uh, signals Mr. Worf and a whole bunch of Klingon birds of prey decloak uh, surrounding all of the Ramian warbirds. And Picard basically says, you know, not today, my friend. Yeah, it turns into like a Reservoir Dog style Mexican standoff, right? You got yeah. you got the Federation pointing a gun at the Romulans. You got the Klingons pointing guns at Romulans. Everyone's pointing guns at each other. It's great. Right. Yeah, and... Uh, we never see these Klingons, but we did get a. This was planted a little bit earlier when when they started to realize that the people on this side of the neutral zone may have to deal with a Romulan incursion. The uh, the high command of the Klingons got in touch, and and Picard had Mister Worf deal with it. So it was it was kind of a nice little subtle plant and payoff uh, in this episode. Yeah, it was in. Uh, the Federation is the enemy of their enemy, and so yeah. they they showed up. They uh, they had their backs. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's like having the neighborhood bully have your back, being yeah. down with the Klingons. You know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nice. Cool. So the the Romulan ships peace out. Yeah. Picard sort of gives a thumbs up back to Worf, like yeah. That worked out just how we hoped. Give those Klingons a high five for me, bro. Yeah, uh, Riker gives the word to get the fuck out of the neutral zone, and then uh, and then a little while later we cut back to uh, to Jarek's quarters. Jarek's iced himself with that astronaut suicide pill. Yeah, and uh, he left like a a suicide note on an iPad, and they talk about how there's no way that they can deliver this note to his family but maybe if more people like him are willing to stand up to the warlike leadership of the Romulan Empire they can hope to one day be able to do that hey Ben you know a lot about NASA way more than I do certainly I don't know I wouldn't say I know a lot but I know a little is there any truth to the whole astronaut suicide pill thing that I had read about that no one seems to confirm Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, I heard that they, like the first, uh, the first people to do spacewalks, like basically since NASA started spacewalking, they started giving astronauts suicide pills. Wow! In case they became untethered. Wow! Rather than face a a a remaining lifespan that would be a tremendous amount of suffering, like I what I read is that like. They would be they would be in the fillings of a of a tooth or something like like and you would just pop it with your tongue and that would that would dissolve the suicide pill so that it would ensure a, a painless death instead of burning up in the atmosphere. You haven't read this? I have not read it. It sounds like bullshit. Is this headcanon to me? It's it's the kind of bullshit that I like. So I'm yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Maybe I, I know that we have a few NASA people that listen to the show. So maybe somebody can 
write in and let us know. I personally think the idea of that is great. I I'm not I'm not putting yeah. it out on the street as someone who thinks that's a crazy idea. I think I think that's sensible and reasonable yeah. uh, when you're doing work like that. Like I don't know, man. Would you want to? Would you rather burn up? I don't think that's well, the way I want to go out. I don't think that you would, though. I think you're you're just going to stay in orbit until your <laughs> oxygen goes away, and that yeah. means you'll just like die by falling asleep. That sounds pretty nice, actually. Yeah, good way to go. Yeah. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? You find a drunk Shimoda in this episode? Drunk Shimoda! I'd be curious to hear yours. I, I haven't I haven't really settled on one. Well, uh, the guy I picked out was Satal back when he was uh, Jaren, right? Do I have that right? Uh, what was his, what was the Jarek first? Jarek is, is what he becomes. Satal is what he starts oh, okay. as. Okay, so back when the defector is Satal, they bring him into sickbay, and he does some really championship-level big-dogging of Worf. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's talking to Riker, and he's like, I don't know why you have... And then he drops like some, some pretty hardcore Klingon profanity. Like, yeah. I don't know why you have this guy around here. He's clearly a... Uh, and then he like, makes a, a throat-clearing sound that clearly means like something terrible in Klingon. Butthead. Yeah, exactly. And Riker's like, uh, well, I wouldn't expect a Romulan word for piece of garbage to <laughs> to say something like that in public. Yeah, so I feel like we learned the Klingon word for butthead and the Romulan word for buttwad. Yeah. You stood buttwad. Satal is on an enemy ship. He's totally injured. For him to be the guy, like, talking shit in that moment... Yeah. I thought was I thought was totally Shimoda like like he he had no fucks to give at that moment. Great scene, funny scene, really. Yeah. And so uh, Satal is my Shimoda this episode. The Romulans do have a way of like noticing that Worf is near them and yeah, and yeah. hating him reflexively. Yeah, and uh, and Satal doesn't even look at him when he when he drops that science. He's just looking at Riker and rolling his eyes. Yeah. Pretty great. Good. Good one. Um, I think my Shimoda is going to go to Commander Data because I feel like he gets asked by the captain to do his do his research and and like make a super objective record of this prelude to war, and then like almost immediately heads down to engineering and engages Jordy in a very trivial conversation. Like, what is going with your gut? <laughs> it's like... What mean expendable? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, it, uh, it's just a real silly, a real silly scene that I guess provides some levity in what's otherwise like a fairly well done tense episode. And yeah. I guess you need, you need to let the pressure out from time to time. Uh, to make it work, but uh, but not not right then, Data. <laughs> like, pick your moment, dude. Yeah, yeah, good pick. And uh, you know, it helps that all of that takes place in and around the Jim Shimoda Memorial Corner. That's a good place to do some exposition. <laughs> what do we have coming up on the next episode? The next episode is season three, episode eleven, "The Hunted." The Enterprise is bombarded by a soldier who is the victim of government mind control, which turns him into a violent killer. Sounds great. 
It sounds fun. I don't have any... That description does not jog my memory at all. Yeah, is this like a, a, a Universal Soldier storyline? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I can remember a Deep Space Nine episode about a similar situation. Hmm. But I don't remember this one. Yeah, this is one of those that's just lost in the ether. That that yeah. it feels like a lot of episodes are subject to in season three. Like season yeah. three's big episodes are coming. And and everything that, that comes before I think is not forgettable for its in its own fault, really. It's just that things that are coming are cast such a, a large shadow. Yeah. I think we should uh, call out uh, something kind of cool, which is that this episode we just watched is the first episode released in the 90s. It's literally released on the 1st of January, 1990. Wow. Yeah. Everything that has come before now has been in the 80s. That's and so... I really th- I can't imagine watching Star Trek on New Year's Day. <laughs> Can you believe that that was a thing? Like nursing a hangover. Your parents are watching college football, and you got to go find a little TV somewhere to watch your Star Trek. Yeah, man. I really think of this as a '90s television show. Yeah, I, and do I guess too. the the majority of it is, and also the majority of me watching it took place in the '90s. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's funny to think about. Everything before now being 80s. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the hair is going to get way better from here on out, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's what the 90s are known for. Great haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can't wait. (laughs) Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings they send in uh, crochet work it's so cool and uh i want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters i want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves and you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use squarespace it'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. 
You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben, a lot of people support our show uh, by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. If any of our viewers would like to join their ranks, uh, we would really appreciate that. They can go to the website I already named. I don't need to say it again. MaximumFun.org slash donate. You know the site. uh, Or go to the uh, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and uh, arrange a a, uh, mission priority message. What is it? A uh, priority one message is what we're calling them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see if that sticks or not. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe you have a, a boyfriend or lady friend you would like to profess your love to. Yeah, or maybe you have a cool creative project or podcast your own of your own that you would like to tell our listeners about. A project or podcast that is not a direct competitor to our own. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a special event coming up that you would like to tell people about. Maybe you've cooked a special food item that you uh you would like to give the recipe for. Yeah. We're not going to we're not going to stop you for most uses of this of this important service. Our viewers um, are especially creative, so I am very curious to see what comes of this. Yeah, I think it could be cool. Well, uh you can follow us on Twitter. Adam is at Gut for Time. I'm at Benjamin R. Uh, you can use the hashtag greatest gen to talk about this episode and all the other episodes and you can also search that to find all of the hilarious trading cards that Bill Tilly is making and all of the various artworks that our show has inspired uh, by people. Uh, a lot of fun to go on there and see all the all the stuff that's happening. Uh, we are also all over Facebook and Reddit. Um, greatest Gen and Maximum Fun are the two subreddits. Greatest, the Greatest Generation is the Facebook group and page. Uh, very active communities both we should thank Dark Materia for our music the best part of our show clearly <laughs> consistently yeah well thanks for thanks for hanging out Adam oh you're welcome Ben I'm happy to do it with that we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a very violent episode of The Greatest Generation looking forward to it the
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.